Welcome to another episode of Million Dollar Stories, where we get to interview authors from all over the world. Some people we agree with and some people we don't. And uh, as a man who just loves finance, entrepreneurship, capitalism, I'm fascinated by this next guest. He wrote a book called Foundations of Real World Economics, What Every Economics Student Needs to Know. Thank you so much for being here, John Komlos. It's a great pleasure. Thank you very much for the invitation. Let's start off with the genesis of the book. Why did you write this? And maybe if you can give a quick little background on your journey. You were teaching in Munich, Germany, and now you are in North Carolina. So give the uh, give the quick recap if you can. Well, I don't know if I can make it quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 79 years old, so I have a, a lot of uh, history behind me. Uh, but let's just say that uh, the book actually started after the financial crisis or during the financial crisis because I realized that the economics that I was taught and the economics that is in the mainstream is uh, not really working well. And the financial crisis really highlighted that and the subsequent events even underlined that uh, basic, uh, excuse me, fee feeling of mine. And now I'm in the th third edition of the book. So I think uh, that I was right in 2008 that uh, we need to rethink the way we think about uh, economics and the way it intersects with uh, society and the political world so that I think that um, my book is very important in that regard. I believe it all starts with education. And I think the big culprit is most people have zero financial literacy. And I think that starts either in the home or in the school. And the reason why I bring that up is because whenever I turned 22, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It really showed me how the wealthy think. And the school mm -hmm. system doesn't teach you how the wealthy thinks. So the way to fix all this, in my opinion, get them to read the same books that wealthy people are reading and writing, and the life of everyone will change for the better. That's my thoughts. What do you say is the main reason why most people will struggle right out of the gate? Well, I, I agree with you that education is incredibly important, but uh, it doesn't begin in high school. It begins in kindergarten. Correct. I'm with you. Yes, <laughs> we're on the same page so far. So that if we want a good society, and let me just say that is my goal to have a good society where people can uh, live a uh, high quality of life with dignity. Okay, that's the short, short story. High quality of life and dignity. And that doesn't mean wealth. That doesn't mean that one has to have a lot of income, but one has to be integrated into the society, and society has to respect that person regardless of what uh, what uh, income he or she happens to have. Okay, so that's one thing. The other thing is uh, that a lot of people are born on the wrong side of the tracks. Okay, we, we have to keep that in mind that we have a society where educational opportunities are denied to a whole bunch of folks and that's unconscionable we're at in the united states Give yeah yeah pointers. i'm talking about the united states yeah uh, we're at well uh, and the reason why i say that is because we have youtube 
that teaches how the wealthy think. Everybody has access well, to the it's internet. Not only, it's not only uh, how the wealthy think. You have to learn the, you know, the basics of uh, what it means to be an educated person in this civilization. Okay, and that means to be able to speak uh, well, to be able to have, uh, you know, not only financial literacy, but literacy in general, and know our history, yes. you know, extremely important, because that's how we get to evaluate where we are today and where we are headed. So history is much more important than um, most people make it out to be. You're sounding like a conservative, just so you know. I, I will tell you, I sound well, like an extreme I, conservative. Well, I don't know what... Uh, you, you can call me different, all sorts of different names. I am myself, and I have uh, a lot of um, experience behind me. I was an immigrant to this country to begin with, so I was born in uh, during the Holocaust. Okay, so I have that behind me. Then I lived in a uh, dictatorship of the proletariat, which uh, you know made me uh, understand what it means to to live in a uh, dictatorship. So I appreciate democracy in a great great deal, and more so than people who take it for granted. I don't take it for granted. I think it's it's a great idea, but you got to make it work, and education is uh, is a basic i don't think that's con you know conservative but uh, from where i come <laughs> from just so you know if you say hey you should know your history you should focus on personal development those are conservative values just so you know from what i'm seeing it's pretty wild but uh, i like what you're saying so far well I, awesome. I, I i'm i'm not tuned into uh, all aspects of youth culture so I'll I'll take your you know your word for, your word for it, but I do have uh, I do have uh, you know ideas that uh, may be considered uh, conservative by some people. My ideas are also progressive in that I believe that uh, people should live a dignified life. That's is that conservative? Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know. I, I'm just. Uh, I'm just an economist who is trying to understand the world and trying to um, propagate the, the understanding that I have. And my belief is uh, very data-driven, okay? So that means that I look at the society first and I deduce, I infer uh, what is driving those data, Okay, so I start with data rather than the conventional economist who starts with theories. That distinguishes me uh, to a considerable degree. And that also is part of my background because I started uh, my educational journey in the natural sciences, which is very data driven. And from there, I went to the social sciences, but I retained throughout my academic career, I retained that disposition to look at the data. And that's what I what I noticed in 2008, that things were not going in the right direction. 
you know, uh, and um, they've been going in the worst direction after that even. And uh, the populist movement, uh, in my view, comes about because people are dissatisfied with the way the economy is uh, working. So that that's a very important uh, uh, realization. And uh, I, I think that the uh, political structure doesn't recognize that the fundamental problem is that there are millions of people who are suffering in this country and uh, you could you know they're not going to be supporting a democracy that doesn't work for them so instead of fighting uh, about you know all sorts of cultural issues they should be uh, uh changing the economy in such a way that it delivers for everybody so that's my goal is to have an economy that delivers for everybody nobody's excluded we're in one society 330 million people we're one society we have to pull on the same string that's my uh, way of looking at it well uh if you're a data guy uh, i would assume that you looked into extreme poverty let's just say in 1800 and I don't know if it's worldwide or just U.S. based, but extreme poverty was over 80 percent, I believe. Nowadays, I think it's down to about 9.1 percent. And the way that I uh, look at it is, well, the reason why that is the case, that we've changed it so dramatically is because of a thing called capitalism. Um, well, and hold, I think... hold, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> that's so, a that's second. my belief. I don't know if you share that same thought pattern. Poverty is uh, is not as easy to recognize as you just outlined. Okay, poverty is not a question of income. Poverty is also a question of relative deprivation. Explain that, please. I don't know what that means. I'm thinking when it comes to mindset. I think being broke is a mindset, and you can always fix your finances if you fix your mind. So, what do you mean? What I mean is that relative deprivation means that uh, people can feel feel very bad about their lives even though they are above the poverty level even though they have enough income but they see that other people are living high on the hog other people who may probably don't deserve it or who cut it cut ahead of them and and the line and therefore, uh, relative deprivation can can be very problematic for the society. It's not poverty per se in the sense that I'm hungry, but I am angry because I'm not doing as well as other people, or I'm not doing as well as I did 10 years ago. Got it. Now, my okay. question to you is, are you a God-fearing man? No. Okay. So if you ever, if you look into United States is a Christian nation, right? And that's how it was founded. Uh, the 10th commandment commandment of the Bible is this. And I have this pulled up because this does fall into capitalism. 10th commandment of the Bible. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, <laughs> wife, servant, ox, donkey, or anything. So when I hear people say, well, I'm doing good, but that guy's doing great and he doesn't deserve it. 
you're breaking the 10th commandment. And well, that is the, the Bible also says, love thy neighbor. As you love yourself. Yeah. Which means you don't love your neighbor yeah. more than you love yourself. You should love yourself, no. take care of yourself. And you no, want to get in the Bible's no, talk. No. I believe it says you are born in the likeness and image of God, which means we're all creators, which means we don't need the government to take care of us. Yeah, God but will the take government... care of us if we take care of us. Yeah, but if you're not doing well, if you don't not you don't you don't have health insurance, you have a toothache and you can't afford to go to a dentist. Okay? Uh you you're going to be upset because uh you also deserve that. Right? Why? How, why is health insurance uh uh I guess you could say a right and not a privilege? Can you explain that to me because that that's where I We'll probably di uh, differ on that on your opinion because well, I look because at you, all of the you, benefits you, in life as a total privilege. No, no, because uh, to to live a, a dignified life, you, you got healthcare is a basic need. Okay, so we have to put basic needs above uh, other sorts of needs in the society. Who decides so, what a basic need is, though? I didn't go to the dentist for biology. eight biology. No, no, biology. Biology. Basic need is biology to survive in a healthy way. So you can't work if you're not healthy. You can't be productive, right? Um, but have you ever heard of the phrase burn the boats? Have you ever heard of that? Or, or no, burn the ships? No. no. Basically, back in the day, you know, individuals who would conquer a country, they would burn their own ships. And the reason why is because there was no safety net, which caused them to fight harder, faster, stronger, because there was no plan B. And I yeah. think the moment you give a safety net to someone, you actually rob them of their ability to pursue greatness. So the way I look at it, if you really want to break it down and keep people stuck, you give them universal basic income. You give them health insurance. You give them education without having them pay for anything. And you oh, know what? Um, if you Mike. keep them there, then all of a sudden you have the individuals like <laughs> myself who will never stop running. And that will cause a major gap in income. Mike, so that's the way I look at it. Uh, Mike, uh, the, this, uh, the society is much more complex today than it was in the past. Okay. okay. So burning the boat. Uh, would lead to um, incredible chaos in this country. Okay, because people don't like to starve. <laughs> you know, people are hungry. Uh, they're going to get mad, and they're going to bring down the uh, the house. And in <laughs> fact, and in fact, the house is being brought down because we're having a a, a political system that is um, pretty pretty dysfunctional. You have to admit. Totally. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm with you on that. So, Corrupt is the word. So, you know, we're, we're having difficulties because there are a lot of angry people and the, a lot of angry people because uh, the democratic, this democratic system is no longer democratic enough uh, to deliver a, uh, an economy that uh, serves everybody. Okay. Okay. So you come from Germany, right? You were born, you said, in the late 30s or 40s, right? I was born in 1944 in Hungary. Hungary. Okay. So you yeah. know what, what fascism and 
government control and can communism, do. Yes. Right. So you're so, implement. You came to America now, and you still think that more government is the answer? Come on, sir, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I lived also in Germany in a, eighteen years, you know, and I saw that what a, a functioning government can do for the people, which is not over oh, going overboard. Okay, so you have to hit that sweet spot where the government uh, delivers services that it can do best, and it can do best things like education. You think even, so? Yeah, poor pe- even poor people get a decent education in Germany. Okay, that is one of their advantage. One of the advantages of their system is that. Uh, educational attainment does not depend on your birth, okay? And in this country, where you are born uh, determines a lot of uh, your future endeavors, okay? So the government has to be involved in education in a big way, number one, and it's uh, free to the student it's not free to the community but the community provides so that uh, children who do not earn an income and youth who do not have earn an income are able to get uh, the same education as uh, rich people that's very important okay so education is important healthcare is important because one of the ba- it's one of the basic needs uh, in order to live a uh, decent life, you got to have a healthy uh, body. And that's that's basic. So that if we are keeping uh, so many people from a good uh, healthcare system, uh, we get into difficulties. And capitalism is not a good way to organize uh, healthcare because... When you are in trouble, the healthcare system can hold you up, basically. Okay, it becomes uh, like a holdup. You, if you have, a, you know, my health is is worth a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars, but uh, they can extract as much money from me as uh, they possibly can. So we have monopoly prices in uh, pharmaceuticals and monopoly prices. Uh, for healthcare, and that's very bad for people on the lower uh, end of the income distribution. Okay, so in those those two basic uh, uh, things, I think the government should play a, a key role. Well, I looked at some of the reading and writing comprehension scores recently, and they have never been lower. So well, government has yeah. been more involved in school than ever before. And people are not being able to read and write at a level that they once did. So is there anything that you could say to that? Well, let's let's face it, the the educational system at the uh, at the poor uh, neighborhoods is uh, abominable. It's terrible. They don't, have, they don't have the money and they're not paying teachers. You know, they're paying teachers <laughs> terrible salary. Pay teachers like you pay doctors and you get a different uh, system. Hmm. 
Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Teachers are very important. Okay. And yeah, there is a lot to be desired. I came to this country at the age of 12 and I went into a lower middle class uh, elementary school and it was bad. You know, it wasn't like a slum, but still it was uh, mediocre, I would say. You know, so I experienced it uh, on, on my my own self. Well, when I see bills passed such as no child left behind, it's basically saying, hey, even if you fail and you don't do well, we're going to keep moving you along. Right. And from grade to grade. And there are no standards. So the moment I see a government official come in and say, we're here to save the day, I look at that and they say, "Uh oh, <laughs> those people are screwed. And the reason why I say that is because the wealthy people that I know are homeschooling their kids. And I will say I've been in the houses whenever they're getting homeschooled. Well, they can afford and it's it. A different uh, they, level. Can, they can afford it. The aristocracy also homeschooled their, uh, <laughs> their, their children. Uh, agreed. <laughs> I'm with you th on this. But you here's know, the thing. But... It's not just that they're having a little bit more attention given to them. They're reading different books. They're downloading different software, right? Oh, Their sure. brains are running off of different wow. information. This is causing the great divide. Don't, And that is amazing for me to see. It's like Plato's allegory of the cave. Individuals are escaping the cave and then they look back and they say, wait a second, are you really believing this, 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 and this? Well, I don't. And here's how successful I am. Follow me. I'll show you how to become free. And the slaves are saying, no, uh, that's wrong. I'm going to keep buying into this wrong uh, information. Wow. So I think that's mind blowing to me. Look, it's it, in my view, it is the responsibility of the community. OK, and that means the society to make sure that every child and every youth has a excellent education they're able to do it in finland the government is able to do it in finland they have the best uh scores on international tests and they're able to do it in a lot of other the government is able to do it in a lot of other uh other systems uh <laughs> but the way we finance education in this country is not right and so do you believe in e uh, equity, right? That is guaranteed e equal yeah. outcomes. I think that's how you decipher or well, define equity. Do you believe in that? I, I don't believe in equal equal outcomes is, is not uh, uh, possible because people are born with different talents, different IQs and so forth. So you're, you're never, you're never going to get uh, that kind of equality. But I do believe in a... And, and equal educational opportunities for everyone from kindergarten on, okay? And that means in my system, it would need a lot more, uh, lot more funds, basically, and a lot more respect for uh, teachers who are extremely important. Teachers have been extremely important in my life. You know, and that's probably why I became a teacher. But I, I think that uh, a society that does not respect its uh, educators are, are going to be in great trouble.
Well, I hear a lot of people talking about the importance of equity, right? And redistribution of wealth, which I think I caught a little bit of it in your book. Do you believe that's a great solution? Redistribution of wealth and then the fact of maybe pushing towards more financial equity with government regulation? I think that um, the rich in this country has got to be taxed at a very uh, much more higher rate than they are. Okay. Uh, That doesn't mean that uh, redistribution on on a high level, but you got to begin to work towards a society that works for everyone. And you're not going to be able to do that unless the government increases its revenue. Today, corporations are paying 14% taxes on profit. Okay. All right. 14% taxes are not going to suffice to keep this country going. You know, I can assure you that. Why should a corporation pay tax? A corporation is an idea. Because they got the money. They got the money. Right. But a corporation is not a <laughs> person. Know, we're, we're, well, it, it's not a person un, until the uh, Supreme Court rules that they are, you know. So you're telling me that if I have a thousand ideas and I create them into a thousand different companies, that basically my ideas should be taxed. So therefore, the people who have zero ideas should be rewarded. What are your thoughts on that? Well, people are born with different talents. You didn't do anything for your talents. You have to take that into consideration. Oh, man, that's a a knife to the heart. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? If my first four businesses succeeded, I would not have figured out this talent of loving, helping my entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneur buddies bring their stories to life in a book. Yeah, but you were born that way. You see, you were born with uh, these uh, talents. Hmm. And uh, that's great. You know, that's that's great. But you didn't do anything for that, right? Wow. That's amazing. So you're telling me that you if didn't I do wake anything up for it. You, and you I get it. really good at the piano and I've never played the piano before. You mean to tell me that I was born with that innate ability to play the piano? Well, whatever your talents you were born with, you know, I was born with a certain IQ, which benefited me, but I didn't do anything for that. So why should I be rewarded? You know, I'll talk about myself. Why should I be rewarded for that? Why should anybody do anything then when it comes to personal development? Why should I learn to read? Well, more, that's that's different. Right. You know, that's education is different that you have to have effort. Effort can be rewarded. That's what I'm okay. talking about. Yes. But your ideas, you're talking about ideas. Ideas come to me all the time. You know, I don't have to do anything for that. So I, I don't see that uh, the rewarding system is fair. Okay. So, so take, take Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, yes. Not a big fan <laughs> of him, but. Take Zuckerberg. But. Okay. He did something that really inspired and motivated a lot of people. But, to but it wasn't even his ideas. It wasn't even his idea. He stole the idea. He most likely okay. did. However, uh, many people's lives are either better or worse because of it. And so if he does that a thousand no. more times. No, no. But but um, 
You have me defending Zuckerberg. I don't like doing that, by the way. Just so you know. But uh, he did put something yeah, but, in motion but he's also, that but, but changed yeah, the world. Yeah, he also put the white nationalists in motion. He also put the Russian trolls in motion. He's also uh, helped to elect Donald Trump. You know, he's done a, as much bad as I think it did more bad than good, honestly, to begin with. But the matter of fact is that he was born into a rich family. He was. I know. Yep. He went okay. to Harvard. He was not only went to Harvard, but even before that, he went to a private school that costs more than the median income in this country. Okay. However, he did refine his talents. He did well, do something he finagled, pretty special. And he finagled, and he was lucky that the person who had the idea contacted him. That's a matter of luck. That's fascinating. Okay. It's, it's, fascinating. A matter of, it's a matter of luck. So his success, as far as I'm concerned, is not deserved. What about, what about Elon Musk, a man who has devoted his entire life to changing, I think, five different industries, right? He changed banking industry with PayPal. He changed space travel. He changed electric cars. He's also changing underground tunnels. Like this guy is on, now he's changing social media. So this guy right here, you can't say, oh, but that's lucky. Because if you talk to another person who was born in South Africa like him and say, you know what? You're not going to go anywhere until you get lucky. That's not a great story. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Elon Musk is more of a self-made person than, than Zuckerberg or Bill Gates, uh, or Jeff Bezos, uh, these Correct. guys. Yeah. But so I you like I Elon. It sounds like you like Elon. I like no, that. No, I, I, no, I, I don't say I like him, but at least I grant him that he's a self-made uh, individual. Hmm. But I think that it's uh, problematic that uh, in a democracy, an individual has so much power. is is problematic, in my well, view. Well, in your book, I believe one of the chapters is share of income and wealth distribution in the U.S. And the reason why I wanted to touch on this is because as a professor, now looking at lo looking at all your students mm. and you say, OK, I know that there's really smart ones and I know mm. there's ones who don't give a shit about my class. Mm. So if I were you, I would say, you know what, from your viewpoints, you know what, I think there should be more of a, an equal outcome. You can't have the smart one just take care of all the great get get all the straight A's. So why don't you, with this philosophy, give everybody a B plus or just a C? Why why wouldn't you do that? And and I and I'm I'm touching on something that's kind of humorous because well, effort, that's what's effort. happening in society is what you're saying, right? That's that's what you prefer. Well, effort is an important, uh, you know, is an should be rewarded. Okay, effort should be rewarded, but not out of proportion the rewards in a winner-take-all economy, okay? That's another important aspect of this, that other people would have come up with similar ideas uh, and Facebook, okay? So Zuckerberg is not somebody as special as far as I'm concerned, okay? Or Bill Gates is not somebody special as far as I'm concerned, 
but uh, the idea is that we're we're rewarding the winners way out of proportion to their contribution to the society. You know, okay. I'm really liking what you're saying there. However, if you look deep enough, everybody that you just mentioned, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, they're big contributors to a certain government party known as the Democrats. And if you really want to break it down, why would the billionaires, the elite, donate specifically to one political party more than the other? And it sounds like you're on the same side of that political party. So you're benefiting from these billionaires. What do you say about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> that that's uh, twisting it quite a bit. You know, uh, unfortunately, Democrats have not uh, done very well to um, create a um, the kind of society that I have in mind. You see, I'm a Democrat, but uh, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, billionaires for the simple reason that I think the wealth should be more evenly distributed. It doesn't have to be evenly distributed, but uh, perfectly evenly distributed. But I think uh, it, a society that has this amount of inequality is not going to work, Mike. That's the problem, okay? That's why I'm coming back to the data tells me that the society is not going to work. That's why we have the kind of conflicts we have. I looked at the uh, people who uh, attacked the Capitol on January 6th, and I looked up uh, where they live, because where they live will give you an idea of what kind of incomes they have. Okay. Okay. And I found that uh, almost 83% of, of those folks who were arrested came from lower middle class uh environments yes okay so they What's that were say earn, earning from about 20 to fifty thousand dollars per capita okay now you're not going to go very far in this country with twenty thousand dollars per annum to fifty thousand dollars per annum these are the folks who have lost jobs because of uh, Chinese imports. These are the folks who have lost union jobs. These are the folks who feel relatively deprived, okay? And downward social mobility. And I believe that the only way you can maintain a democratic, uh, halfway democratic system is if people feel that uh, they are well treated well by the society. These folks have not been treated well by the society. Well, those people were not there protesting about income. They were prote protesting a, a, a rigged election. No, they were protesting uh, against uh, the political system. Well, no, I think they were protesting uh, that the election was very fraudulent simply because the mail-in ballots don't make any sense when it comes to certain yeah. votes were counted, that there were more votes than actually registered individuals in certain counties. And uh, I believe when it comes to Mike that Pence... Was, that, was, that was never proven, Mike. Uh, well, <laughs> it is. It actually is, if you look at it. But anyway, no, no, that's no. what they were protesting. 
they were protesting on the surface. That's what they were protesting. But the reason yes. why they were there to begin with, the reason why they were angry is because they the system is behind. rigged. If the system, system is rigged. Yes, system is, it's not the political. It's not the uh, you know the voting system. It's the whole the whole system. Political, which the whole Trump system. has exposed that. Am I right? I mean, it sounds like you're not a big Trump fan, but I think he shattered the fallacy of the two party system. Republicans and Democrats were technically one party. Yeah, yeah but uh, nobody explained the problems why the system was not delivering. For these people, and why this? How was the system rigged? To pull it, the economic system. Well, it's because the elite take care of their own. They they have the war machine, right? They keep printing money, and it goes back into the pockets of the wealthy because corporations pretty much own the political parties. And then the fact of uh, you're talking about a, a, a judicial system that only works for the elite, which means people like Hunter Biden out there can get away with. Basically anything, as long as his dad well, is the vice president, which well, means if you follow the money, I mean, the money goes from the government into Ukraine, into Hunter's pocket, back into no, the Democrat no, Party. No, Pretty no. scary. Am I right? No, I, I don't 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 pick on Hunter, poor Hunter. <laughs> you know, you're, I know you're picking on poor Hunter. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. Don't pick really? on poor Hunter. All right. No, Just I've never heard that. Never heard of well. <laughs> uh it is it is a problem that the rich have too much power, generally speaking. And that's one of the one of the reasons why it would be much better to tax them at the rate that they were taxed under uh, President Nixon, say at uh 70% of uh marginal income above a million dollars that would be a lot uh, more equitable in my view so mm. a big problem is that a lot of people are left behind in this in this uh, country and in order to reverse that process in order to get democracy back on its track I think you would need to have a um, considerable realignment of income so that you don't have winner-take-all uh, economy in which uh, you know the big shots take two hundred billion dollars. You know, wow. oh, Jeff Bezos just bought a yacht uh, last year from uh, the Netherlands for four hundred fifty million dollars. Hey, you know? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. I can't control, but I can control myself. And there's a great Carl Jung quote, and this is what I live by. Those who look outside dream. Those who look inside awake. You can't do anything about Jeff Bezos buying yachts. And no, by the way, of course, of go course. out there and buy whatever you'd like. I'm a free well, no, type person. No, 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 no. But you can do something about it if you tax them sufficiently. No, tax come them on. adequately. You can't tax you can't them tax them. A person who can continually generate wealth will always figure a way and then if you look at the irs code the tax code well, book, they didn't figure it in uh, the 1950s and 1960s and 1970s right we were able to tax them at a decent rate look into the stats on that if you look into i think it's 40s it started in the 40s they started taxing people at 90 percent. but what we what you find out is there were so many loopholes 
that the average person spent, I think it was 9% of their income. So it actually was way no, less. No, 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 no. That's, uh, that doesn't sound right. We got to look it up. Anyways, that's we can go into this for hours. Um, yeah. Inflation. My last question I have for you on this is inflation. Okay. What's the okay. root cause for it? Because I'm a Milton Friedman fan to a certain extent. And okay. he says inflation is only cause. Inflation is not just raising of prices. It's the devaluing of the dollar. And yeah. the only way you can devalue the dollar is by printing more. So the government is responsible for inflation. What do you believe? No, I agree with that to a considerable degree. Yes. Uh, the printing money was overdone uh, during COVID as well, as well as during the financial crisis. Uh, that's why I call the current system a kind of uh, bailout capitalism, which is not the real thing it's a kind of lemon ca capitalism which uh, hasn't been tried in the past and i think it's uh, not my way of running the economy great so you're against nixon taking us off the gold standard in 71 well he was more or less uh, forced to do that at that uh, point and i don't think we can uh, go back to the gold standard but i think uh, we we overdid it that's that's the only thing i can say during covid we uh we um, spent um, more than we should have and as a consequence there was more money printed uh, and and inflation uh ensued but it's been coming down and it's uh within reasonable levels now so i think the fed can uh take care of that uh in the short run you know your democrat party is printing like a machine like <laughs> they, literally they are printing well, non-stop every day all uh, day wait a second ben bernanke was a republican and he put something like three and a half trillion dollars into the uh, financial sector once again okay. the two-party system is fake until trump exposed it so he wasn't a trump appointee that's true. That's true. He was uh, appointed by a big Bush, Bush Jr. Bush, Bush Jr. Bush, Bush Jr. Not a, he's a neocon also. He is on the same side. They're all on the same side. They're doing all the bad stuff. They're getting us into war after war because they make their money from that. So it sounds like we're on the same page when it comes to inflation. I'm against any printing of money at this point. So it sounds like you are too. And I love that. It's great. We can come together on something. All right. Thanks uh last question i have for you a book yeah. that you recommend to our audience um you know maybe that puts you on this path to becoming a professor or maybe having you fall in love with economics because it sounds like ayn rand is not on that list just so you know but no, uh <laughs> no <laughs> ayn rand is not uh, a book that i could recommend i'm afraid laissez-faire is not in your voc vocabulary uh, right okay uh, laissez-faire is not uh, not big in any way you know you, you have to have um you have to hit the sweet spot you know it's not everyone for himself and god for us all and it's also not uh a dictatorship that is going to get us and i'm afraid that trump is too much on the side of authoritarianism for my taste um so <laughs> wait a second when i think of authoritarian uh, individuals i think of yeah. people who arrest their political opponent opponents 
right? That's definitely one of them. And I also think of people who want to shut down your free speech. And that reminds me of a guy named Joe Biden. Just so you know. Well, uh, Donald Joe Trump Biden, doesn't do any of those. Joe Biden doesn't go after his political opponents. What you, so. Wait, 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 wait. We could spend all day on this, but it seems like he yeah. has his DAs in very Democrat areas going well, after if you him. Break, if you break the law, if you break the law, then I think uh, it's just uh, part of the system to uh, you have to uh, answer to a, a, a legal court uh, the jury of how many court. how many wars did trump get us into i think it's zero but how many wars did biden get us into i'm believing it's two proxy maybe three proxy and one real war we already started bombing iran so it's pretty wild what that you see as soon as trump leaves you have the machine working in its in its uh glory all its glory again getting us back into wars have you noticed that too well, that's not a, a Republican or a Democratic uh, problem. That's uh, a problem in, in our international relationships, uh, you know, ever since. The it's Second pretty World funny, War. though, that uh, the Trump remember the anti-Trump well, derangement syndrome. They said he was going to start World War Three. He didn't start a war, let alone even get us into a proxy war. But Biden did multiple times. Isn't that uh, shocking? But he didn't get us out of Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, he was slowly moving us out of Afghanistan. You, know, uh, you can't say Joe Biden did a great job leaving Afghanistan, well, can you? Well, I can't say that, but... <laughs> Good. Okay. We're on, we're on the same side there, then. You can't right. kill 13 Americans and say it's a great job. No. No. So it anyway... Wasn't, uh, it wasn't a great job. But anyways... Um, okay. Nice, nice talking to you. No, wait. A book. Nice you got to give us a book that you recommend. One book. Well, I, I can uh, recommend uh, an economist by the name of Joseph uh, Stiglitz, who is uh, very good about inequality. He has a book called Price of Inequality that uh, would be good to look at. He also has another one called uh, Power, People, and Something Else. So just look up uh, Stiglitz, spelled S-T-I-L. No, Stiglitz, S-T-L-I-G-T-Z, Stiglitz. Okay, take a look Joseph at Stiglitz. I think he is the best economist uh, alive today. Beautiful. I'll check it out. And right. uh, I, I was just a little bit worried you were going to say Karl Marx is the communist manifesto, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> You're a great guy, Mike. Uh, uh, nice, this is nice fun. Talking, nice talking to you. We yeah, have to, I, uh, we have to do this again. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I like talking with people who have uh, opinions that are not on the same page. It makes it a lot more interesting. So yeah, thank yeah. you so much for being here. Guys, check out his book. It's on Amazon. It's called Foundations of Real World Economics, What Every Economic Student Needs to Know. Um, and, uh, you know, is there a website or a social media channel? If anybody loves what you're saying, they can get in touch with you. Um, they can uh, write to me at uh, john.comlos at gmail.com, and I'd be glad to uh, hear from them, and I'll give them some suggestions. Beautiful. All righty. Great stuff. Thank you so Thank much, you. John. And remember, guys, a million-dollar book will lead to a million-dollar life. Right on.